0: We're out.
1: Want well, to bet I can get to the store and back before halftime? You're on. Yes!
0: good. Hey,
1: heads up. Take a shot. Oh! He's going to be late. Drop it. Hey, battle in the corner. Drop it. Touchdown.
2: What? Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. I do You're not, uh you're not, your eyes are not deceiving you. It is nighttime, but it is another episode of Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC podcast for fans, but is now fully on the Canadian men's national team train as the 2022, or 2022 World Cup has begun. I'm your host, Mike Newell, and this week we're talking, obviously, Canada's friendly win against Japan and the lead up into the massive game on Wednesday against Belgium, uh MLS free agency has begun are we confident in TFC's game plan do they actually have a plan uh we'll review day two of the world cup uh three games to quickly go over and of course we take some of your burning questions all on this week's Toronto till I die uh with me as always Michael Singh Jeffrey P Nesker gents how are you doing how are you taking in the start of this world cup I'm interested to see how you guys are taking the first two days
0: it's a lot, right? Um, first of all, like I'm ecstatic that there are football matches to be watched every single day. Um, mm-hmm. that, that part's beautiful and amazing. But it's also it's a little bit damp because you wake up and every day you hear a new story about why FIFA and Qatar sucks. To be quite honest, yeah. to, put it, to put it bluntly, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And just the fact that these games are early mornings as opposed to, you know, throughout sort of this afternoon where most people will be watching these games together. It feels it feels a little bit different this time around. But I, I'm happy, man. I get to dive into some really quality football um, and something we really haven't really tasted in, in a couple of years, especially when you consider how many fans are in attendance and some of the atmospheres and vibes like Senegal was Senegal was a vibe, man. Their fans Thank were God. fun. Thank
1: you. Yeah, God. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I have a, a mammoth craving for cheese balls now on account of that sports interaction ad. Like I haven't, I haven't had proper cheese balls in a long, long, long time. And <laughs> I think I'm going to seek them out. Uh, yeah, I agree with, I agree with Mike. It, it, it's, you know, I, I mean, even if this World Cup was being played in the summer in Shangri-La, I think it would still feel kind of weird because we are coming out of a global pandemic. But uh, it is it is kind of like multiplying zeros with this situation. I mean, it you know, you you go on the Bird app and and at first you celebrate that it's still functional, uh, and then and then after that. You know, you're inundated with 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 this and that, and and this backhand and that backhand. I mean, Grant Wall getting turned away from the stadium today because he refused to take off uh, a, a pride shirt uh, that he wore in uh, to be competitive. I mean, I'm sure there was a certain element of it there, but um, yeah, it's just you know something. It's it, there's this this big disconnect between like all of these. People with with the the wealth and the wherewithal to sort of control their own narrative, with the desire to control their own narrative, but totally incapable of controlling their own narrative because that's impossible in the modern context. So you're seeing all of this stuff, and and the most concerning beyond the football is just all these rollbacks. I mean, we knew that the the loss of alcohol sales would would not be the final domino to fall, rather the first. Uh, and then with the armbands and and what's happening. Uh, it's casting a bit of a pal, uh, over the, over the proceedings, but, um, today was a good day for football. You know, yesterday it was easy to ignore the football because it was pretty bad. I mean, uh, you know, I'm still going to na- kneel at the altar of enter Valencia, but, uh, but it was, you know, pretty bad today. Today we got to see some, some, I'm not going to say proper football because it's the group stages and it's always, you know, teams feeling each other out, but it started to feel a bit more like a world cup. You know yeah it still doesn't but it, it started to feel a bit more like one
2: yeah I'm, it, like I said in in, in another episode I'm, I'm still slightly conflicted like yes I'm watching the football but at the same time I inextricably you cannot separate the politics from it um, and as much just, as they I tell you as that you should yeah. As, yeah. exactly yeah. as much as they're trying yeah. to get you to not do that you just can't it's it's around you and I'm also sensitive to the fact that look this is a culture. Um, and it is, in know, in a way, you don't want to necessarily be tossing stones in glass houses in, in certain ways, but
1: we're not being ethnocentric, though, we're, we're it's fair. It's fair to call out no, 100% lapses in, in human rights without saying we want you to work the way we work you know? 100%. There, it's and, it's and a that's fine line. Yeah yeah that's yeah, what I'm yeah. coming to
2: right like it, yeah. like in the end of the day it's just stuff you cannot ignore um, so there is that one side of it. and then of course from a football perspective, like I'll be honest with you, the first two games were complete snores for me um you know obviously from from that perspective, obviously the first game Qatar were just they were poor right and, and, yeah, and Ecuador yeah. and it's kind of hard because it's you know, is Ecuador really that good or were Qatar really that poor? And, and that we'll, find out. And we'll mm. find out, I guess, for the rest of the games. But that was tough. Watching England tear apart Iran, like, you know, I I, you know, I was doing my work, but I kind of tuned out after 3-0, like it was over. Um, even mm. the Netherlands-Senegal game, as much as Senegal fans brought the vibes, and thank God cause you needed that because it had been derelict for the first two games. Um, even then, it kind of was a bit of a snooze fest. Really, the England-Wales, uh, or sorry, the uh, USA-Wales game. Sort of was the first match that felt like a proper World Cup match, um, and, and that's mm. and that's it's an interesting place to be, Mikey. I know you want to jump in here.
0: No, nope. oh, Mikey, you might be unmuted. Sorry, I was muted. Yeah, you no, know, <laughs> I said I literally said interesting, so I'm happy you read my uh, read my <laughs> mind because <laughs> that was the that was the least eventful match when it comes yeah. to um, ch- creating chances and shots and everything like that. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, definitely the first match. Um, it was just cool just to see a World Cup get underway in the opening ceremony and all that. But England, yeah, I like goals. I think goals are fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Some beauties. Iran, I don't think is that as bad as England made them out to be. Although they did I not agree. look great, with that being said, then we can get into the whole political side of things and mm-hmm. why it might have been a tough match for them to to play, and they were fighting a losing battle from the beginning. But yeah, that uh, just diving into that Wales USA game, just a little bit more, Mike. I think US shot themselves in the foot there, yeah, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the US, right? Um, they uh yeah.
2: with an AR fifteen.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah well no, I bad. don't
0: think, I don't think Wales drew that game. I think I I feel like the U S gave that one to them. So it will be interesting to watch another team that obviously sort of looks a lot like Canada to me, uh, watching this U S men's national team play. They have a lot of young players. They're exciting. Some of them are MLS based, you know, the first time they're really going heavy in Europe when it comes to their roster too, uh, 'll be one to watch I don't think I'm gonna rule them out quite yet but that was a tough point for them to tough two points for them to leave on the board
2: yeah for I'm sure not going to rule and them
1: out you have them you have them as your dark horse much to the chagrin yeah. of, of half of your Twitter followers I mean I've, I read that comment thread people were giving you giving you all manner of heck um yeah no I, I agree with that statement and and uh, you know th- we keep getting back to the political thing so before I forget you know I have a huge problem with this idea that you can separate politics from sport uh sport is a proxy for war always has been always will be and especially national team sports i mean people are investing the same sort of feelings that they have into their national team on a field of play in sport as they would in their in their military on a field of battle so to say it's so disingenuous to try and extricate one from the other because one grows out of the other and they overlap in so many ways um so yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, you know, it, it, far be it for us to come back and say why? Why is this happening? You know, why was it put here? I, it's here now. So it's just about dealing with the fallout. My biggest concern is 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 these rollbacks. I mean, we have nothing. We have nothing in stone to say anything about the promises that were made in the lead up to the world cup. And I'm talking about the treatment of LGBTQ plus I'm talking about public drunkenness, which is part of the football experience. Um, you know, this disconnect between uh, you know, we, we want to be a footballing nation and then, Oh, but not that footballing nation. Like, well, you, you know, you, you sort of, you, that that's what you anti up to come to play. And these rollbacks I find incredibly concerning. and And that, that's really the most I want to, I want to say about that with respect to the games today. Um, I thought they were all great. I mean, you know, it's world cup and uh, I'm sure in about a week when, you know, the, the, the start getting written and the favorites start emerging and, and, and Canada's playing its first game, it will get more interesting. Yeah. You know, this is like, I, I, I'm trying to remember how interesting the last uh, world cup was in the first two days. And I can't remember it being, a barnstormer either you know what i mean so so i I think that's just par for the course but it's weird because nothing nothing in this experience is going to feel par for the course whatsoever it's no weird. and I think it's gonna yeah
2: yeah and that's gonna be a big a big talking point throughout I think the world cup um is just this yeah. this idea of this being sort of a very a different feeling world cup um but we'll we'll get into that a little bit later we'll mm. obviously talk about the games today in a little bit more detail um but let's jump into what a lot of people are going to be here to, to listen about is Canada uh, and mm-hmm. the run up to uh, the the games uh, in terms of this coming Wednesday, uh, big friendly win uh, uh, on Thursday against Japan. Um, you know, we talked about it last show. We talked a little bit about you know the big things that we wanted to see out of that game. Now that it's happened, a two one win. How are we feeling going into the Belgian game off the back of that result?
0: Uh, for me, still nervous. Uh, I think it was <laughs> a very important result against, a, honestly, a really tough uh, Japan team who plays competitive Absolutely. matches no matter who they play against. I think leading up to that game against Canada, the only match that Japan lost in 2022 was a 1-0 defeat to Brazil. So the fact that Canada was able to to find a way to come away with the result, albeit, yeah, sure, it was Japan's second team, essentially, uh, with a few starters sprinkled in. The fact Canada was able to get something out of that game, I think was, was great for their confidence and boded well for their confidence. And I think the biggest takeaway was it sounds like all of the men's national team players did come away from that match feeling healthy, thank God. Uh, there was no injury sustained in that one. Yeah. And they get a boost of confidence, a jolt of confidence, heading into this yep. really important test against Belgium. But, you know, John Herman's used this term in a, in a different context. But for me, watching England today play Iran uh, was was sobering. That's what John Herman mm. says. It was sobering to an extent because you could see the difference in quality between a side like Uran and, and England. Um, and I think Belgium is right up there with England in terms of that type of, of quality that they have on their team. They have a really tough midfield, which is sort of what, what England's MO is, uh, with Declan mm-hmm. Rice there and Jude Bellingham, while, while Belgium obviously has Yuri Tillemans and, and Witzel. So Canada will really need to, to find a way to bring their, their A game. Um Iran's a good team, man. And England did not make him look that way whatsoever. So uh, yeah, big test. I mean
1: I I, I I think there's a bunch of caveats and asterisks there. Obviously Iran uh, had other things on their mind. Um, you know, England are notorious for starting strong out of the gate and then kind of losing their footing. So, you know, uh if this was later on in their group stage, I would assign it more weight, but but you know, it could just be you know, first day funsies. And, and I hate to say it because, you know, my, my, my Bukayo got a brace, but uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think there's some caveats there. Um, my big takeaway from the Japan game, just to circle back is thank God, Kava got on the score sheet because we didn't. need him. We need him. I don't care. They all count, man. And we, we need him. We need that kind of confidence from our chaos merchant. Uh, going into these rounds again in in the proper World Cup, so that that's that's my big takeaway. I know I said last week that I'd be happy if we were able to meet them tempo wise, and I'm not so sure we did. But I think we learned something better, which is and and it's something we should have known already, which is you know. And it, I'll, I'll bring it to Gray's point here, which is. You know, he's talking about how the US-Wales game was a game of two, ta- uh, two halves. Again, Greg Burhalter couldn't adjust in the second half and that hurt the US. He's not a very good coach. In John Herbman, we have a guy who loves to tinker and loves to adapt. And his game plan is not written in stone. It's never gospel. At most, it's a game plan for the first half at most, at maximum. And he makes adjustments based on the opponent that we have. So something like... What happened to the US today, earlier today, where Wales kind of figured out what they were doing, adjusted themselves accordingly, and the USA had no answer. I don't necessarily think that that's our kryptonite as much as it might be the United States men's national team, because we have a gaffer in Herdman who this is his, this is his wheelhouse. This is his skill set. Um, you know, so yeah, like... What what to take out of that moving in? I mean, I'm happy Belgium's first because we're getting sort of a half Belgium that's kinda depleted. Um, you know, I'm scared of Tailman's. I don't know how scared I am of Axel Witzel. Uh and uh, you know, with no Romelo Lukaku up front as much as I like Mitzi Bachui, uh, that's a precipitous drop-off in qualities. So uh you know that that's that's what I'm most excited about heading into this first match is that we're gonna face Belgium. This may be the best time to face them in the true. whole tournament. So so yeah. you know, we win there
2: true. I mean, i I think that is the maybe the one saving grace um is that we get them first, so there's a possibility that you catch them a bit off. but i I share Mike's concern as well in regards to. Belgium in regards to how uh, this could go. And and it and, and honestly it may not have anything to do with the quality can it just might be they just simply out qualityed right on the pitch. Yeah. Right? It mm-hmm. has nothing to do with effort, it has nothing to do with game planning, it's just simply one team has a few more Kevin De Bruyne type players and we don't and it, and and that just sometimes happens in football especially in tournament football yeah exactly yeah, and 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 that's just this that's kind of the scary part here is just that we could game plan really well we could we could technically have the right setup and just simple quality can just beat all of that right and, well, and man, that,
0: we're, we're excited about Romelu Lukaku being out i don't think canada's ever faced a striker as good as Michi Bachuai.
1: I've wanted yeah. him on TFC forever. Maybe Dar- so. I guess
0: Dar- Darwin Nunez would have been a... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Luis Suarez, but they didn't really handle that threat very well. So let's see how they do against uh, Betjoe, who's more than a capable striker. He's a guy who can actually probably get in behind better than a Lukaku would, which... Oh, could, he's yeah. way
1: trickier. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Which
0: could be a-, a threat against, you know, a guy like Steven Vittoria, who isn't the most... Doesn't have the best speed, but it's <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, he's- yeah, yeah. He's there. That so, is yeah, not maybe.
2: his specialty, no.
0: Yeah, big test in, in so many different ways. Um, but at the same time, as as a Canadian as Canadian soccer fan and journalist, like so happy to finally be talking about a legitimate game where Canada is going to be playing a real opponent. This will be the best opponent Canada has ever played in mm-hmm. a meaningful game. Maybe
2: since France in 86. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, even then, Michel I mean, Plantini.
2: right? Yeah. yeah, the like world talking number two about...
0: squad, right? Yeah. I don't know what France was ranked back in '86, Um, but it has to.
1: Be. Uh, they were, well, they really were the European there, champions yeah. at the time, right? Yeah, like yeah, they were yeah, the reigning European champions. Look,
2: I, I, you know, for this game, I think one for Canada fans, I would say one, enjoy the ride, right? Enjoy the wave, you know. Yeah. Um, they, you know it. In terms of the actual sort of tactics and breaking things down, like uh, I, I'm really interested to see what what John Herdman may do with Junior Hoylett here. I don't know if he starts um on, on Wednesday, but it was interesting that they use him in this Japan game. And I thought he was really effective in he was everywhere. the role
0: that he, he gave was him. Yeah, he was everywhere.
2: everywhere.
1: And, and yeah. I wonder
2: if he gives himself a shot to maybe get into that eleven
1: on, he has uh, to start. on Wednesday. He has, he has to, start. to start. I was just about to say, you're you're insane. He, uh, deserved man of the match performance <laughs> in Japan. He's my guy. I got my kit pressed, ready to go, even though I have to be at home uh, doing the WTR game thread. But, you know, I'll enjoy that. Um, yeah, no, he's made himself undroppable for this game. And, and, you know, I keep flashing to the Fonzie goal versus Panama, right? We've got game changers. We've got guys that can turn a game on its head and not just one of them. You know what I mean? So all things being equal, it it comes back to what what we've been hearing out of the Canada camp. I think from Fonzie himself on any, you know, we can beat them on the day. Uh, And he said it with a straight face. And I believe him. I'm not, you know, on the day ranking etc doesn't matter maybe maybe they all had bad cereal maybe they're all gonna have bad cereal on wednesday morning and and you know and (laughs) and they have gastro gastro gastrointestinal difficult like this is the beauty of tournament football and and you know my fear is that you know we are underdogs against belgium and there's a very real chance that we lose this game against belgium and I just don't want to see... Obviously, we won't see what happened with the Qatari national team for various reasons. One, there won't be a stadium full of us that leave at halftime. But I don't want to see the momentum drop by consequence of, uh, le- of a loss to Belgium. Or, or I mean, I would say a draw, but, but it'll, 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 a loss is what I'm worried about. Just deflating everyone. So because this. Mm-hmm.
0: What would be a good result for you, Jeff, against Belgium? What's a good takeaway?
1: Are you asking my professional opinion or the one that's really, really scared of the wheels on the bus falling off? That one. Because yeah. the, the, a win. I mean, a win or nothing.
0: A right. Which nothing. is,
1: which a win because, because, you know, so if
0: Canada it, plays, gets a two, two draw against Belgium. You're I think you're, you're jumping I'm you're happy. on the moon. I am
1: on the moon. moon. I'm doing back. I'm figuring out how to do backflips and I'm doing backflips in my apartment, but does that satiate the this train that's a rolling? You know what no I mean.
0: Chance that, exactly. no chance. That, I, that I that even with a loss.
2: Forward. Yeah, even with a loss, I don't think the train rolls. I think John Herdman has these guys so
1: well. I'm not talking about us. Like, I'm talking about this this inertia uh, for Canada soccer. This this I don't want to say bandwagon. I hate that. You know I. I I find the term bandwagon is too, is too, is too binary, but this inertia, because you know, it's common practice. Uh, You you see it with, with with actors all the time. Oh, I don't, I don't go on social media. Of course they do. And of course it affects them. If someone says your performance was crap or whatever the case may be, these Canadian men's national team players, whether they're embargoed from looking at their phones or not, this is going to filter down to them and they feed off this energy. So, you know, when I say a win or nothing, I'm saying I'm worried that the expectations are 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 misplaced and that, you know, a a very honorable loss or a draw or a 2-2 draw might not be enough to sustain this inertia that's happening that will trickle down to our players, you know. I don't think we're going to get worked the way Qatar got worked by Ecuador. I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell. We're we're too talented to to, you know, we may not be as good as Belgium, but we're certainly not as bad as Qatar was. I don't think we're going to have to experience that kind of horrific come to Jesus moment for lack of. Yeah,
2: but I don't think to your point, I don't think we're going to end up having sort of the train just sort of stop because you lose to Belgium. Right. Like, I -hmm. I don't think that's the case. I think the train is well on its way and moving and chugging along quite fine even if the, you end up losing to Belgium, right? Because, frankly, that's what everybody thinks is going to happen. Um, sure. So from, from that perspective, I think, you know, from a player's perspective, John Herdman has these guys wired to believe that they can win. and But also, I think, grounded in a reality that, look, they're going to be up for the fight of their lives, right? These three games yeah. will be the fight of their lives. Like, there will be Absolutely. no easy games in this group. And people who think they're they're going to be able to flat-track Croatia and run by them every time, you're crazy. That's not you're how that's going to go. If you're you think crazy. they're going to just flat track Morocco, no, that's not going to happen. No, that's not how this is going to work. It's the World Cup they, Finals.
1: They, Other than Qatar, there's these, these teams belong here for yeah, Exactly. Reason. So like, they are going... Yeah.
2: This is not going to be a straightforward... They're going to have to battle in every single game to scratch and claw to get points. And John Herdman has them ready for that fight. I truly mm-hmm. believe that. Do I think they're going to be able to... Get something on Belgium? To be honest, no. Um, But if they do, amazing, right? Because in my mind's eye, in the back of my mind, I have this fantasy that they surprise them in the first 15 minutes and maybe get one, maybe two, right? You're Just out of sheer shock. You're not and alone. I said it's in the back of my mind. I didn't say it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> you know
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I mean I, my, right my goosebumps behind. have goosebumps here listening to you say that because, one, we're two days away, and that's all I want for Christmas. Like, if we score on Belgium in the first 20 minutes – I might melt. You might have to do the Tuesday sh- the Thursday show Thursday show without me. go yeah.
2: die of Listen,
0: shock. A 2-1 result, a loss, a 2-1 re- loss for Canada against mm-hmm. Belgium may just be the greatest result in Canadian men's national team history. Yeah. But, but can you explain
1: that, that without an infographic to Joe Public? That's what I'm saying. So much of I this so. trip to the World think, Cup has been people understand. like us but, but I'm just saying, and, and this, uh, you know, I'm going off on a tangent here, but so much of this World Cup has been people like y- the three of us explaining to Joe Casual, and I'm not using that in a derogatory term. We were all there at once, but explaining to Joe Casual the lack of uh, the, the idea of patience and diminished expectations, right? Like we are, we're hanging with the big boys, but we just got invited to the table. So we're probably going to have to get noogied a couple times before we get invited to the treehouse kind of thing. Um, you know, when does that get old for and again? I'm I'm positing here because I don't know when it gets old. I'm just worried that there's going to be a line in the sand where people are like, I'm sick of being talked down to, you know, like I want to get into this sport, I want to support the team, but I'm sick of being told that my enthusiasm is too high, too low, my disappointment is too high, too low. I'm sick of being put in my place. By, by by the sort of and again gatekeepers there, is not the word I want to use but I'm sick of being told by the gatekeepers you know that I'm doing it wrong right there, like no there you shouldn't point, be upset yeah. that we lost 2 to 1 yeah
0: there is a yeah. point there is a point where that does happen your first world yeah. cup against your first real opponent the best opponents Canada will ever face this is your first time facing world class competition is not mm. that point and I think if you ask a hundred Canadians who are just tuning into the World Cup, what they expect for Canada. I think more of them will say that you'll get. They're expecting Canada to get killed, as opposed to us who have watched this men's national team. That's a, that's an interesting
1: again. point, Mikey. That's an interesting point, and I I, I, I think that's I a get, fair you know? point. No, I, 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 think, I think that's no, it's a fair real. point.
2: It's very real because I've had this conversation with people people just on the street going to the grocery store, right? Because I have a Canada mm. soccer flag on my car so people will see yeah, yeah. that they the last me about the world cup and i'll just be like listen like they're better than you think they are or at least that if you if you haven't been watching the but game but there's still a long way to go there's still yeah. a long way to go right they just got yeah, to say yeah. this is still an incredibly young at least the core that is going to really carry this this team is still pretty mm-hmm. young right so from yeah. that perspective this is sort of your testing ground to be like okay We can now get footing in this. It's where you go after this right now. Of course, if they get to the next round, the expectations go through the roof. And of course, at that point, all right, fine. Right. Like you, you you can only sort of temper those expectations so much. But if you start getting results and of course, those expectations go way up and you build that for yourself. But yeah. um, you, for right now against Belgium, look if they again like if Mike said they come if this they go crazy, I can't believe we're loss.
1: discussing this. I keep I having know. to pinch myself. I'm like, we're playing Belgium in two days in the World Cup. Like it's just say, it's madness. It's, it's absolutely look, mad even mad if
2: it's, idea, it's a three but yes, one yes, loss, yes. but even if go it's gold. a three one yeah. loss, I still think that's it. And you get a goal. That's one of the goals you had going into this World Cup is score a goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: that's good. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean. You, you I, I, I can't remember specific examples, but over the past two days, four games watched, uh, I can't tell you how many stats just came out from the color commentator where it was like, oh yeah, this is a major tournament. I, I, I really wish I had written them down, but like one of them was like, it might've been about Ecuador. Like, you know, they've been in the world cup a whole bunch of times, but they've never made it out of the round of 16 or something like that. It was, it was those little fun facts about just how difficult this tournament is, just how much it matters. And, and generally speaking, where the levels are for certain countries and, and, and how they quantify their success uh, at this penultimate, or at the ultimate, it's not penultimate, it's the ultimate tournament. Um, yeah, no, you, you know you know my opinions on the subject. They're, they're learned, I, they're, they're trying to be as anti-knee-jerk as possible. But when I look at the wider mosaic, I wonder how much good faith the Canadian men's national team has in a crowded sports landscape, with 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 fans that aren't necessarily versed in the game of soccer, so they're already predisposed to hate it for the low scoring and the nil nil draws and the diving and the yada 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 yada. And then when they compare it against something like the Canadian men's national hockey team, which are world beaters, you know, I I wonder how how much how sustainable this is. And I and, and to me the answer is, you know, if our team can entertain you know, if Fonzi can do what he did to Panama against the Belgium or Croatia or Morocco, it's not just the rest of the world that's going to take notice, but it's right here in our own backyard. You know, it becomes a memeable moment the same way that that Panama qualifier was a memeable uh, moment, but just writ so much larger. And I think that that's enough of a cookie to sustain. So, so you know, it, right, circling right back, I, I, to me, I think the goal of this Canada team has to be to make those moments. You know, to yeah. generate those kind of moments, those memeable, saleable, bite-sized moments, whether it's goal action or whether it's, you know, Alistair well, Johnson think, taking I think somebody's that's, that's, knees out. That's the yeah. part
0: about this this men's national team I don't think we need to be too concerned about because as we've seen a, in qualifying, this team plays such an attractive style of football. They, mm. They're quick, they're fast, they're talented, they're pacey. And you know what? They fight like heck for one yeah. another. And they yep. epitomize what Canadians are, right? In terms of their battle, their will. They're not backing down from anybody. And you talk about a bunch of hockey fans tuning in. Man, they're going to love this Canadian Men's National Team. they love Richie. Oh, they're going to they're love, love Richie. They're going to love Richie. Red Mist. Red Mist, They're going to love... Man, I can go through the whole squad. There's going to be players that everyone yep. will be attracted to here. So... I don't think we need to be too concerned about that. Um, But Mike, segue us because let's keep this conversation rolling. we still got lots of men's national team. Yeah, true enough. Yeah,
2: for sure. And like uh, one of the things that, you know, I think is going to be a key for this team, and I wonder if you guys agree, is set pieces, right? They scored on a set piece against Japan. Um, mm. you know, Steve Vittoria gets the goal. I actually have him as a potential to score Canada's first goal offset set piece, um, ever. Um, so uh, you? to a potential, uh, segment later, but, um, you know, how important will Canada, how important will it be for Canada to take advantage of the, of set pieces of opportunities where, you know, we're expecting this team not to have a ton of the ball. Right. Um, so, you know, how important is it going to be for these set pieces uh, to to get things out of them, right? To get positive momentum, as you talked about, Jeff, out of those uh, set
1: pieces, they're they several levels more important in tournament football than they are mm-hmm. in club football. Uh, restarts and set plays are unbelievably important. Uh, so I can't understate just how important it is. I'll to give be, you a stat, Jeff. I'll give yeah, you a stat. Yeah.
0: last World Cup. 40% of the goals were scored from set pieces.
1: There you go. There it is in math, in numbers. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievably important. Like, cannot be cannot be understated how important. But I think
2: of the reverse of that also is that, you know, our defending on set pieces is 100%. going to have to be critical as well. Right? 100%, 100%. and 100% critical. We're on set pieces in terms of defending, right? It, it will be interesting in a setting that is non-Concacaf, are You are taking on world's best. How do you handle set those set pieces defensively? Right, mm-hmm. Offensively, they're is, going to have to be a key for us, but defensively, they're going to be massive for us as well.
0: Is Canada I, a big I agree. team? Are they big? Because you have Jonathan Not, David. You have Kyle Laren if he plays. You have Steven Vittoria who can get up. Kamal Miller can also get up. Are they a big team? I, don't, I, I don't wouldn't consider
1: so. them a big team, no. They're not yap stams. We, we're not building eleven yap stams out there. So, you and know, I, I know that. Yeah,
0: I know they scored yeah. against Japan off a set piece, but I don't think this team is too threatening off set pieces. They don't really have that guy no. that can line up a free kick from twenty yards out and or twenty five yards out and be like, yeah, that's you know that's going to be a shot on target. I think their guys. I mean, I I believe in
1: Eustachio, and I and I think Junior's probably got got a few tricks in his yeah. arsenal on the, on the set. Play. Yeah. But, but in terms of like across yeah, the pitch, yeah.
0: who's taking set pieces for other teams, you got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're nowhere near.
1: We're, we're now nowhere Wanderish near that level of quality. For,
0: yeah. And obviously Belgium. So yeah, that part's also, I'm more concerned about it than I am hyped about the fact that set pieces are such a big factor in, in the World Cup. Yeah.
1: No, that's that's very, very fair. Well, I yeah. think that's where our comment
2: earlier about maybe starting Junior Hoylett becomes really important because I think our, our arguably he's our best crosser of the ball um in terms of yeah. set pieces. Hmm. Right. Set either pieces from corners. Exactly. Or- Perfect. Exactly. And and that's either from a corner or f- an in swinger um, or probably an outswinger, sorry, um, from a set piece is going to be incredibly important for Canada in those moments, right? Where yep. y- you you get a stoppage in play, you're able to get bodies into the box, uh, and then you're you're really trying to target probably Steven Vittoria, right? He's probably your best header in the air. Uh, and either it's on goal or a knockdown, right. Which it kind of was uh, in the Japan goal. It wasn't quite a knockdown, um, by Victoria, but, um, you know, the opportunity was there, right. And, and I think you need those opportunities because the other opportunity for you to score goals is obviously going to be in transition. Those transition moments are going to be difficult if you're sitting deep or if, you know, Belgium or Croatia have a ton of the ball and you're not able to, you know, get your forwards or get, Fonzie or get Tejon really ahead of steam, right? And, and that, mm. and that's kind of those two areas that you're really going to have to master um, throughout this tournament to give yourself a shot to score a goal. Um, and yep. that, and that's really it. I do foresee a scenario maybe where we do have a bit of the ball because when we do have the ball, and especially in J- against Japan, we looked all right in possession, right? There, there, what we were missing is that final that final pass, that killer pass Yeah, that sort of yeah. unlocked everything and made chances, and that's a little bit of what we're missing. You're hoping Estakio would provide that or will provide that. But those those opportunities in terms of possession and being able to break teams down are going to be very few and far between, I think. Um, so you're really the, the set pieces and obviously transition offense are going to be
1: uh, keys for Canada throughout the tournament. Critical, critical keys for Canada. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely
2: yeah so uh let's 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 lay it on the line gentlemen we talked about Japan we've talked about you know this upcoming game against Belgium our our hopes our dreams our fears <laughs> mm-hmm. what this game could be it's one of three where are we going what's the prediction how are we how are we really feeling about this um and this is this is you can either go with your heart heart or your head uh with this because those two things could be very different uh things mm-hmm. um so jeffrey I'm gonna start with you uh, what, what's your uh, prediction? What do you think is going to happen on Wednesday?
1: What's my prediction? Huge Batshuayi fan, but I can't see him clicking with the well-oiled Belgium machine first, first, first run out the gate. I think it's going to take him time to to blood in uh, being on the periphery for so long. So I think we're going to score first. And I think we might win. I'm going to predict that we win. Uh, I'm okay. going to say two one Canada. Two one Canada. Uh, okay, who's getting, who's, yeah, getting who's getting the first ever goal? Who's uh, getting the first ever goal? My boy, Junior David Hoylet, which okay. spoils a certain segment later. But uh, I do think I do think Junior is going to score. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I you know. I think if we can if we can confuse Belgium in the first fifteen minutes, maybe maybe get one in there. Uh, it's ours to ha- it's ours for the taking. So it's about that first 15, 20 minutes for Canada. And okay. uh, if if we if we hit the ground running, I'm I, I'm confident we might be able to to shock shock the football world. Yeah, All right, Michael,
0: Mike, I I honestly don't know. I I don't know. What my prediction is for this game, mm-hmm. it could it could go one of seventeen different ways, and my mind—I predict already,
1: all three of us are going to be watching it. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and my mind has literally gone racing through all seventeen of those opportunities and seeing how, yeah, you know, I could see that happening. Listen, Canada are underdogs in this game for a very good reason. They should mm-hmm. not win this game, but every time you seem to doubt this team, they find a way to. Just defy your expectations. So what I'll predict, my prediction is going to be that Canada will score a goal in this game. I don't know what the final result will be, but I do believe that this team has it in them to score against a team like Belgium, who's aging or inexperienced backline, depending on which way that they they decide to go, could uh, could. Caught against the pacey Canada attack that wants to play on the front foot and has serious threats moving forward. So that that's the best I can give you, honestly, right now, is that Canada will score a goal. Cop out,
2: <laughs> no. cop out.
0: yeah, cop out. I don't think it's 100%. a cop out. No. <laughs> Absolute cop
2: out. Um, look, I, I I've got my head in my heart. Um, my heart thinks Canada can actually sort of, to Jeff's point, catch him out early um Get them when you when you don't when they just think that okay we're going to get our foot on the ball and control this thing and we catch them on the
1: couch. They've had they've I've watched Belgium play terribly as often well, they as lost I've watched Egypt them play in their well. last friendly. Yeah, into the, the World Cup, they you know lost what I mean. I I've, and, and I've, and, I've yeah. watched Belgium look like absolute ass on the pitch before. So it's why friendly, can't so. why can't that be? It is why is friendly that Wednesday? But, but Belgium, why not us?
2: Uh, true um but i think to me belgium have two modes either they're the number two team in the world and they can just easily cruise by teams and use their quality to to defeat teams or they are so under what they should be in a match yep that yeah 100 opportunity to to nick results off them Um uh, and yeah. and it's why they haven't won anything frankly right you have a golden generation that has not won anything and the pressure's me, on
1: them, man. That's the other thing you have to
2: remember. One hundred percent. They
1: could and they could and they could be their own worst enemy. We could we could just be taking advantage of them getting in their own way because they're overthinking everything. They're galaxy braining everything. You know, they're not used to uh, a, a, a much more mobile uh, between the line center forward like Bachi over you know a tank that is Romelo Lukaku, right? Like you, you you have to appreciate that like you know the beauty of a team like belgium is that all the pieces fit together the detriment of a team like belgium is that when one piece is out of whack the whole thing can go up in flames so why not us why not us we, we we've been we've been pretty lucky you know we we've exercised a lot of CONCACAF demons over this qualification cycle you know calls have gone our way you know, freaky goals that used to be called against us, bouncing off Atiba's of crotch, go in on this World Cup qualification. Why can't we roll with that a little bit more and start taking advantage of all of this good karma that the soccer gods uh, owe us? Like so, you know?
2: so uh why the the one why not us that I'll give you is called Kevin De Bruyne, mm. and Man. if he but is he's able
0: and true, one hundred players in that team you can name, yeah, For yes, but it but if it. he.
2: Yeah, exactly but if he if he can get if he gets time on the ball which i oh, obviously yeah. the plan I'm will be so not to get him the ball he, he,
1: he will de- he could destroy box. us
2: and and look and, and that's just a reality of where yeah. we are now we are now in it's the one big of the- leagues you're gonna have yeah. to face one of these guys every single match right literally at this world cup you're facing three mm-hmm. of some of the best midfielders in the world um in, in this world cup so I think it's going to end up being either a two-one or three-one to Belgium. However, I do believe we're going to score a goal, uh, and I. But I don't think we're to, we're not going to look like we don't belong. Put it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, and to me, the difference between you know a two-one loss and a two-one win is so is it. It really is a game of inches. You know what I mean? Like Qatar, if he had buried that header right at the death in the first half, it would have been a very different second half. You know, there was, there it was inches away from equalizing at that point. So I, 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 I just, I'm, I'm, I'm going into, I'm going into Wednesday guns blazing guys, whatever, whatever, pure positivity. Oh, yeah. well, uh, I can also see a scenario, vibes, you know? I could
2: also see a scenario where Canada score really early, like one or two really quickly. And and Belgium are shell-shocked like, shell-shocked, I, I, I I can I 100%. 100% also see that happening. It's not out of the realm of possibility that that happens. It's a, my, you know, it's a it's they, small they
0: chance,
1: it, but it could happen. Have, when's the last time we've played Belgium? It certainly hasn't been any time mm-hmm. recently, if ever. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, they could game plan and going, we got to shut them down on the wings, and then it's just the Istakio, you know, uh, uh, Jonathan David show, right? Like, there are so many permutations to our attack, and we happen to be very, very flexible and we have a gaffer that's willing to indulge those, you know, uh, uh, slightly left of center I- ideas. You know, we it, this this could this could be our uh, this could be a real coming out party. But anyway, you know, I, it's not that I don't disagree with Nico, and and that is for me. If they score a goal in this game, I'm I'm a pig in shit you know but i also don't i don't see a million different reasons why we can't also surprise the world and maybe and maybe take a win here
2: well let's uh let's hope on wednesday canada can surprise the world um and and prove me wrong cuz i i really hope to god they can um because mm-hmm. that would be let's put it this way man I, i'm going to be crying at the anthem i'm um, probably yeah. gonna be crying when i see atiba It's it's just going to be a real for all Canadian soccer fans who've been, especially those who have been with this national team for a long time. It is going to be an emotional day.
1: It's Uh, crazy. It's crazy. Two two o'clock
2: on uh, Wednesday is going to be nuts. It really will. Absolutely kooky. It's nuts. Well, since we've been talking about our predictions and things like that, boys, it's time for TTID best bets, um, brought to you by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? You can do it all on Sport Interaction Canada Sportsbook. Every single World Cup game at your fingertips. Bet pregame, live in play, or one of our many uh, Canadian-specific prop bets uh, made for Canadians by Canadians. Sport inter- interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Uh, join now and see all th- the best that sport betting has to offer. Head to bet.ly slash ttidpod. Uh, that is b-i-t dot l-y slash t-t-i-d-p-o-d. Uh, to get in your bets today. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Okay, um, this is it. We we talked a little bit about our overall thoughts, but uh, this is where money's on the line, gents. So mm-hmm. um, we picked a couple of uh, fun uh, little bets within the Canada-Belgium game to look at. Um, Mr. Singh, I'll start with you. What did you sort of look at here?
0: Yeah, you see, with this being Canada's first game, out of World Cup in 36 years, first time really playing on this stage, first time really playing an opponent of this stature, um, I believe there are going to be nerves. And with that, we've seen Canada be a little bit susceptible when they play a Uruguay or even a Japan to conceding early. Hmm. So I do think that in the first half, I'm going to be taking the over one and a half goals. So two goals to be scored in the first half, two or more. And that's at plus 155. Again, like the reason I like it is because I do believe that there will be a little bit of openness and some mistakes to be had by Canada. I do think, you know, there's a good possibility that Belgium takes advantage early, but at the same time, I think that'll also open the game up more and Canada could throw some numbers forward and maybe they either get them themselves another one or Belgium perhaps snags another one on on the counter.
1: I counter hope it's, yeah. Yeah. I
0: hope it's the former, but uh I think I think that's that's kind of what I'm leaning towards over over one and a half goals in the first half.
1: All right,
2: right on. Jeffy, what are you looking
1: at? Uh I went you know, <laughs> I went fanboy. I took uh Junior Hoylet to score a goal any time in the game. Okay. Uh at Plus five eighty, which is uh, which is nice. It means uh, you know five on top of uh, on top of my uh, my homer my homer shout. Um, just you know, basically shiny shiny. If I see Junior Hoylet's name next to something clickable, I'm going to click it. So I clicked it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, for myself, I took a minute of the
2: first goal. Um, you know, I, I'm going for between the thirty first and forty fifth minute. For the first goal so, so the complete it's gonna,
1: opposite of what mike mike guessed basically. yeah yeah
2: i mean, I, yeah. I i think there's gonna i think there's gonna be a bit of you know a little bit of it might be a little bit of what you call bunkering from canada a little bit mm-hmm. but um and then trying to hit on the counter with uh belgium's possession i got that at a plus 350. um so you know from from that perspective i like that just because i think the game will be kg at the beginning um, Belgium do- is going to be aware of Canada's ability to hit them on the counter and might be a little cautious in possession and just be willing to keep the ball a little bit. Um, and, and But at some point, that breaks either way. Uh, and mm. I'm not going to say who goes first, but uh, from that perspective, I think a goal is going to be happening in and around that time. So that is uh, our, our best bets uh, for this game. Not advice. Okay, <laughs> so uh, definitely um, uh, you know, take that as you will. Um, let's move on uh, gentlemen over to uh, a little bit of TFC talk. This is a Toronto FC podcast. So we do need to talk a little bit about uh, these reds here and um, yeah, it's starting to free agency has opened up. Uh, you know, we have gone through now the first round of reallocation draft in um, TFC. You are- got a goalkeeper. We got a goalkeeper. He's um, clearly mm-hmm. going to be a backup goalkeeper. Um, I think, but uh, other than that, all quiet, on the Bob Bradley front. So the question is, um, you know, are we, are we concerned? Are we, are we, you know, what's happening? Cause I feel like a lot of people are kind of asking what is happening, especially with Domenico Rashid, Ricci- announcing his retirement or not retirement, which, which one is it, Mikey? W- what are we looking at here?
0: Yeah. I mean, I've reported all along that he's going to be retiring. Um, That's what TFC came out and and said that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. what?
0: That's what he's doing, but now he's Mm -hmm. apparently still mulling over his future. But to be honest, from Toronto FC's perspective, it's retirement. Um, It doesn't matter if he keeps playing or not. He's not coming back to Toronto FC. Now, to answer your question, am I concerned about Toronto FC in terms of the lack of moves? Not necessarily from that front. Uh, I'm not concerned about the lack of moves just because if you look around major league soccer there's not that many teams making moves right now i think with the world cup being smack dab in the middle of your off season that's essentially what happens um free agency just opened a couple of days ago and there are a number of guys that are free agents that are at the world cup right now and i'm sure that ones that we
1: want Yeah,
0: and yeah, and I'm sure that want to wait until after the World Cup to to make their decision, right? And when your big players, I get quote unquote big players, because those are the best players in MLS free agency, are Mm -hmm. waiting until after the World Cup, that causes a ripple effect. So in the market, because you have guys who are waiting for those guys to come off the market, so they can get the next best contract. But then you have teams that are waiting for these guys to potentially make their decisions and obviously a perfect example of TFC and Jonathan Osorio what's happening there. No one actually um, knows from either camp because they want to see how this world cup plays out. Right. So I think in the next week or two, we'll get a lot more clarity in terms of the number of names that are going to be coming in. Um, But Overall, yeah, just based on on what I'm hearing, I, I I'm a little concerned that this team will be able to compete next season, but we'll see.
2: Well, it feels like there's a lot of holes to fill, right? So like, long it long just feels before. like every time every time we think, okay, we, we think we know what we need to fill, another hole seems to open up. Yeah, and yeah. We're, we're on a leaky away boat, pieces which, that might yeah. be able to like maybe mm-hmm. not fill the hole, but at least partly patch the hole um so uh, maybe a, a more apt question and maybe jeff you can you can take a look at this is, is mm-hmm. more just the are we concerned about the fact that we've got holes but yet we're shipping off Luca petrasso um for gan 100 and then christian retiring and it just feels like as much as we feel like we have some answers there's still a ton of answers that this club needs to oh questions I'll, sorry I'll, I'll, that this club needs to answer yeah
1: I'll 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 condense it even further than that. It feels like one hand doesn't know what the other is doing. You know what I mean? When we're talking about the Petrasso move, it's like, well, let, let's hope that there's something in the works. And the something in the works was we lost our other natural left back. So it 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 feels like, you know, the the news and the party line is patience, measured, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But then you look at the reality and it seems to be a whole lot of reactionary knee-jerk moves right and the, the and and i'm not entirely sure that they too can coexist peacefully at all um maybe maybe no, a little bit but but there's a bigger mm-hmm. plan
0: there's a bigger plan right you're not just going to trade a fault because i knew the christian thing was going to be happening for a long right time. but they if so that. so
1: and if they did then what the hell are they doing even well, we, entertaining we, the idea I mean, of, of, of we Luka. can't we
0: can't evaluate that move now because we don't see what's happening next. Right. And it's again, and off e- season.
1: I don't I don't well, I mean, it's pretty everything that I've read from most pundits that I appreciate on the TFC beat have been pretty adamant that we should definitely try and have all of our ducks in a row come training camp. That the team okay. is really putting itself at a disadvantage if things aren't figured out. And these new players and the holes that are plugged, et cetera, et cetera, don't have time to gel with a proper Bob Bradley training camp. And and doing it again, going into a new season again, where we're slowly but surely building it as we're building the boat as we're taking the cruise, basically, is very, 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 very non Bill
0: Manning's Bill Manning's come out and said that that's what he wants to do. He wants to have every player in training camp, at least by the second okay training
1: camp, right? Right. But I mean, we that's had some players of, before we lost two more. So, so I, I think, I think the concern is fair. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you right now. We knew that this was going to be the case. There's so many things that are incumbent on what happens in this world cup, but you know, it wasn't an ideal situation that all the news surrounding this club revolved around a position that we didn't think was a position of need and has now suddenly become right up there on the action list with all the other positions of need that that we knew we had to address, right? It doesn't inspire confidence. Um, yeah. And and it does, you know, this was on Lenaro's reader mailbag on TFC Republic this week, and, and he answered quite bluntly. It does speak to poor roster management. It really, really does. And I think that the cat's out of the bag with respect – to people not being afraid to say that the club is cleaning up Ali Curtis's mess. I think that that's well understood to be the case right now, but how like, like I, like I opened with how long does that wash before you start going? Well, Ali Curtis left us, you know, two, three seasons ago. We can't, we can't still be, he he didn't have enough time to, to F up the team as badly as, as we're claiming now needs to be, uh, you know, re, re, uh, uh, at this point, I, you know, in all, in all things, there's a line where it starts to get ridiculous and, and it really has been a, a very tragic convenience that both players outgoing happen to be natural left backs because it's just, it it's sort of added uh, insult to injury in, in, in this, in this sort of off season of, of unknown, of, of a lot of unknowns has created even another unknown. Yeah, go ahead yeah yeah I'm worried I'm concerned I just
0: I just don't think that TFC are t- trading Luca Petrasso and then all of a sudden surprised by the fact Crescito retired I think there is they meticulous from your mouth that, to God's right? ears
1: buddy because because I again it it does feel a little bit reactionary and then you have to ask the question because you you made the point so eloquently yourself last week when you talked about how much you hated the Petrasso deal. I hate right? it. Like, I still do. Yeah. You're like, you're like, here's but a guy I... that's a good servant to the club. That's a capable understudy that we're getting for, for cheap. You know, why, why are we letting him go? And then when you add the crescido to it, 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 it may, it, it makes your comments even more uh, poignant and, and, it, it, you know, it, 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 we're entirely on your side with this. It's like, I, well, absolutely. I, I don't
0: like it, Jeff. I don't like it because yeah. Luca Petrasso, I believe, is a very quality player and is a very useful MLS depth piece. But I, it's not because I believe TFC aren't going to fill the position. I believe mm. they are. They have another move of course lined they, up. Yeah, of course. Fill they, that I mean, position, they have to, right? Yeah. So... I, I, we can't really fairly evaluate both moves until we see what's to come. Now, if we're having the yeah. same conversation in February, where the season's about to start, then, okay. Bring
1: out your dad. Right. Yeah, yeah then,
0: okay. I, I 100% yeah. hear, what, hear what you're saying, and I totally agree with you. I think there's going to yeah. be a flurry, a flurry of moves between now and, and January.
2: Well, I think some of the... I guess when you look at the at TFC live right now, the, the concern is you're seeing reputable MLS reporters and sources starting to say certain high priced or high valued free agents are already starting to get an idea. They're doing tours at Cincinnati and Red Bull mm, and mm. Nashville and there, and you just don't seem to have Toronto's name out there. Now, granted this isn't quite the old days where everything about Toronto FC got out in the press um yeah so that so obviously those days have changed a little bit but i think some of the concern and look when we put when i put out the tweet about three burning questions this was probably maybe number two in terms of the type of questions we got is why aren't we hearing anything about tfc in the free agent market
1: i mean just just to interject for one second tfc live are still going still like i don't understand why we let Uh, kamar lawrence go or why we let oro go when you've got people telling but you've got people telling them with inside information oro didn't show up to training you know uh kamar lawrence would rather have been anywhere but the weight room or or you know uh, player management and and so there is you know there are certain people that are going to be concerned whether we like it or not and there are certain people that will you know that think will will consistently question inside information as being false when it's been proven not just by mikey singh but across the board you know you ask anybody in the know they may not be as as blatant as mikey was you know when we were talking about about oro but the suggestion is it, it ends up being pretty much the exact same thing right i mean but your question was am i concerned yet and yeah i'm concerned because we're in limbo right now we've lost you know, one of the biggest issues of our, our season last year was our outside backs. We just lost two of them. Um, so it feels like we're circling the drain to 2022. Duh. So of course I'm concerned. Do I have faith that the club is going to make moves? Absolutely. Without question, I think the club is going to make moves. Will they be the right moves? I don't know anymore. I've, we've seen too many wrong moves from this club, you know, I, that that almost eclipse the right moves. I'll tell you this. If we don't have our ducks in a row leading into the off season, I'm going to start throwing elbows because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I don't care about the magic unicorn over the hill. If we don't even have the spine of a competitive team going into training camp, why have training camp then? what's the point to sing around toast marshmallows and talk about stuff and sing Kumbaya. Like you you want a team for training camp. No, but absolutely
2: 100%. But I think Mm -hmm. And again, take it as, take it with a pinch of salt. Obviously, I'm saying it with a little bit of tongue in cheek in terms of what TFC Live's saying. But you mm. know, there are these sort of questions about like, like there's a lot. There's a lot. We've identified the holes. There are a lot yeah. of them to fill in this off season. Lots. Can you lots. do that in one off season? Or, or, or are we saying you know what? It's going to have to take another two off season. This off season in the summer to fill them. And can, and, and will, and will the fan base be patient enough? Cause they have been asked to be patient no, for no. two seasons, but, right? And, and, the, and two seasons, that patience yeah. does run out eventually. I'm absolutely. asking the question. I'm just, I'm just asking the question.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and, and I keep coming back to Petrasso because it's like, um, you know, he, he's not a starter, but if you, you know, if, if it's the difference between a, not a starter and nobody, or, or converting a winger to an outside back. Do you know what I... Like, you know, if we get... Let's put it this way. If we get rid of him this early and find a replacement way too late, that's not good. You know, it's just not good. It's, it's not good optically. It's not good in terms of team cohesion. It's a lot of bad. So I'd like to see... Uh, you know, just to, to dumb it down, I'd like to see more incoming players... For a little bit, then then more outgoing players, right? Let let's sort of plug the hole in in the ship. And I know Jaden Nelson's on his way out. I, I know. I, I've read your article, so but I think, like I
0: think you're speaking from a from a frustrated fans perspective, right? now. Damn right. Which is, which is probably the temperature in the room when it comes mm-hmm. to Toronto FC fans, right? It's just you, you're, they're not going to sign somebody for the sake of signing somebody. There, there's a you have to. Process. There's a long process to it. There's, there's a long off season. It's not like the off season ends tomorrow. There's no, There's no. a plan in place, and they're waiting for a couple of different uh, blocks to fall. Yep. To they Yep.
1: Shoes to drop. Their, whatever metaphor you choose. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, there's. They're, they're kicking tires on a number of different pieces, and they. It, at this point, like I mentioned off the bat, it, it is a waiting game with, with some of these people, for sure. right? So yeah, you might have to feel that frustration for a little bit longer, but trust me, you're going to get more than enough content over the next course of this. That's these, all, I all I care about. Yeah, that's all I care about. Yeah, trust me. Nico, Nico
1: Tom Developers is asking about Matt Hedges. I think this is the second time they've asked. About Matt Hedges, do you have any anything to add about that uh, free agent? Uh,
0: Nothing that I've know, checked in on. First, I haven't even asked to be honest with you. I've been busy doing with a lot of World uh, with, Cup with stuff.
1: This, yeah, a lot of World Cup stuff. There, there, Nico Tom developers. um Hedges is a center back, right? Yeah, uh, yeah in mean, Dallas. Yeah, let's let's get this, Aaron Long instead. Touring
0: stuff. Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's the guy who was touring Cincinnati. Um, Let's get Aaron Long instead. How about that? How about okay, Cincinnati can have a lot of money You're gonna have to make it. him
2: a DP. He will have to be a DP center back.
1: Why? He was on Max Tam with the with the Red Bulls, so so we would have well, to upgrade him. Well, as a free agent you cuz he's going to have interest from Europe as well,
2: right? Like Yeah, yeah, also but but is an
1: MLS mandate a 15% maximum uh, wage increase? So, depending on where he was getting paid, and again, this is me getting called out for not knowing that, so I, I, I'm not already nah, pants I've not made a, this mistake. Yeah, let's not yeah. dive
0: into the technicalities yeah. uh, too much, mm-hmm. but yeah, Aaron Long would cost more theoretically than Matt Hedges. Um, right. I don't know how much more, but he would be a pricier thing, and yeah, if you snap your fingers, you want to choose one of the two, 100%. It's, it's Aaron Long, right? It's Aaron Long. But Aaron 100%. Matt, Hedges, Matt Hedges could be that Drew Moore type of piece where he's such a better. So could Aaron Long. Yeah, uh, yeah, Erlang's younger though,
1: right? He's like twenty, and he's with an he's with the U.S. national team, so you're gonna have to wait until after the World Cup. Anyway. Yeah, you're gonna well, I mean that the- that's the thing that that's the real clincher here is that unfortunately there's this little thing called the World Cup going on right now, so it will affect uh, TFC's recruitment. Um, but yeah, I mean, my frustration just comes from the fact that like outside back was all we were talking about last season. And now we're we're talking about it again. Well, and, to and, me, and yeah, you know, yeah. The scary part is just that there is, can you really
2: realistically get all these holes covered in this offseason? Right. Cause it feels like you got this is, you're going to have to get, if not all of them, then I would say 95% of them covered. Right. Like it feels like there's a lot to do. And I do believe there is a plan in place. Obviously, they're going to sign players. It's just with that many holes, you feel like you got to. You got to hit almost all of them out of the park. And that's really Which hard is to not, do with just like two signings in an offseason, let alone. And that's, why, and that's why,
1: and that's what kind of, I kind of prickle at this idea of the perfect player at the perfect cost at the perfect time. It feels like a unicorn hunt. Um, You know, all three of us would take Aaron Long in a second. There's absolutely no guarantee that he's going to blood in with this team well or be able to play in a a Bob Bradley system. And that was my other mention, you know, is it can we do it under the salary cap with the draconian roster regulations (laughs) that MLS has in place? Um, You know, I, I am fully prepared to wait out the World Cup and see where the chips lie.
0: But get I lose before then. It'll probably be more outgoing left backs. Then. It'll yeah, be it, we'll, we'll, sell,
1: we'll sell all our we right backs. Yeah. yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. have anybody signed yeah, yeah. by
2: Christmas. We're in trouble,
1: buddy. We've got we've got eight U <laughs> Sport goalkeepers, but we have no center backs. And what's a what's a left back? Um, I will say this: I, I want TFC to be much more aggressive. I want them to make up for lost time, and I want to know that this time they're not spending, you know, sitting on their hands. They're developing a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, a plan E, and all the way to plan Z. That's what I'd like to know. <coughs> and and as much as they're capable of doing that, I, I realize everything is is sort of tied up in everything else, but I would you know I would I would love I would love to know, you know, you find it's almost like the Poizuelo thing where we found we found out, you know, we signed him in 2019. But as as more information got disseminated, we found out the TFC had targeted him long before that. Well into when they were, you know, negotiating with Seba, I would like to know that TFC still got a list, a binder that big of potential targets. Of course
0: targets. they do. Of course. But they workable
1: do. targets, not just pie in the sky transfer market. Who's on the Italian of course national they team? Do. Workable, workable targets, and that they, you know, that they can, they can. Uh, uh <laughs> Sorry Aaron, Aaron made me laugh with Look Jeff, all those expensive Neapolitan dinners weren't eating themselves last off season. Yeah, yeah, I just like I, I want I want my team to be uh I want this club to to start acting like the like their wallet you know what I mean? We we did it with Oh, with, you can only Insignia. do that in a
2: so much in a salary cap league, right? Like we kind of have, right? We we're paying but all in our influence. Play football. No, we no, but, but now budget. but
1: now it's about but now it's about selling people playing with him, right? Before it was about betting the new hotness. Now it's about selling come play with Lorenzo Insignia and Federico Bernardeschi. You know what That's I mean? That's happening.
2: That is happening. Yeah.
1: It's just yeah. I, it's I just wish right it was now. that easy. Yeah. So it's, do I. I
2: Hey, but, but you have
1: but in the same way as Bob Bradley said, we're going to explore every mechanism. I TFC needs to explore that mechanism. I mean, there are knockoff effects for that cost outlay. And one of them is you get to go to, uh, I don't know why I keep wanting to say about Shui. I really want him on TFC apparently, but like you go to guys <laughs> like that and you're like, Hey, you want to, you want to be on the, the end of crosses from Lorenzo and Signe, you know, are you willing to come to MLS sort of thing? Um, that you know i i I just i i want to feel better about the team i get i guess to break it down are we concerned yet yeah i'm concerned i realize my concern is kind of unfounded and versed in frustration i don't like being here and i want my team to do something to kind of talk me down off the mountaintop a little
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, let's uh, let's wrap up the show. Is kind of actually segues into burning questions. We talked a little bit about day two of the World Cup. I know that's on the run. Mm-hmm. Now, we kind of already talked about that. Um, so let's let's go with uh, th- this. Uh, is there a possibility that Jimenez leaves Toronto FC this season? That's Jesus Jimenez for those who are uninitiated um, in the off season. That comes from Toronto FC underscore twenty one on Twitter. Mike, what do you think?
1: Yeah, that's a Mikey question.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a real possibility that happens. That's
1: buyout. <laughs> Are they going to do like their buyout saying. on him, or uh, do they have a suitor lined up?
0: I think you'd have to imagine they would have a suitor lined up for okay. potentially Jimenez, but I, 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 think, I don't think they're
2: to use a buyout on him.
0: Yeah, not not finalized, but but uh,
1: they've shaken down some some trees. Yeah,
0: there's there's a possibility that Jose okay
1: simenez doesn't return next season okay a lot of you've people heard it here
2: first that a lot of people mm-hmm. will be happy about that um okay and the second burning question uh this comes from chris uh which tfc player will get the most minutes at uh, and start at the world cup so these are two different things so one yeah and then who's going to potentially be the first tfc player to start
1: at the world cup uh jeff you go first i mean i want to say oh so Right, but it's a TFC Mike, player. TFC player, yeah. Well, well he's still a, still a TFC player. player. He's, he's, 0-3, still 0-3, he's still 0-3. a TFC. Oh, just, exactly you just
0: made me cry. Oh,
1: oh my the god! Contracts uh, the, the contracts ended. Yeah, there, you're right. You know, he's not yeah. a T. He's not a TFC. So, do he's, we not get any money? An agent. Agent. Uh yeah, So we don't get transfer. we don't get money for him uh, playing in the World Cup. No, it's a free transfer. Oh, for playing in the World Cup.
0: Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe his contracts running because. Yeah, because his contract contract isn't with... Because the technicality of, if you guys want to go deep into the weeds, his contract isn't with Toronto FC. It's with the
1: league. It's with with MLS, MLS. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his
0: contract probably runs until the end of the year with MLS, um, but he is an MLS free agent, officially Mm. November 15th. So whether or not TFC get compensated for his World Cup appearances, I actually don't know, but they are treating him Mm. like he is... One of the it could just be for the oh, okay. content,
2: but for the sake um, of this mm-hmm. conversation, let's just T- still continue. TFC a TFC player. Player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So know. you're yeah, saying yeah. so you're saying also on both, Jeff. Mike, what do you think?
0: Uh, TFC player to start at the World Cup, get the first start, um, Richie. Oh, as long as he
1: played for you in the last two years, uh, according to the Nico Tom developers. So uh, we're going to see some Oso okay, money. Nice. We're going to see some Oso there cheddar. Yep.
0: Um, the second thing I would say most minutes, yeah, Richie, Richie. Uh, I just think there's more depth. In but isn't he the technically
1: deal. a Nottingham Forest player? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's registered with us. That's how it works. <laughs> hey, uh,
2: yeah, no, I'm, I'm, go- I'm on the same train. I think it's going to be Richie to start, um, and I do think he'll probably end up playing the most minutes. All due respect, to Oso, but clearly he has a defined role as coming off the bench and sort of provide- providing that difference in the midfield when they need mm-hmm. it. Um, so I, I but I just virtue on the fact that Richie, if he starts, he's playing 90 most of the time. Uh, you guys are probably right. going to get yeah. a start at some point. Yeah. Yeah, you guys um, are right. yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And that's the show guys. Um, so, uh, okay. I have a, I have a burning question.
1: Yeah, go, go I have it. one go burning question it. first. Yeah. 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 Um, does Tia. So if presido says he's retiring, And then doesn't retire. Like, we've we've ripped up his contract, right? We've terminated by mutual consent. Mm -hmm. And so I have already answered my own question because the contract doesn't exist anymore. But is there any legal recourse for a team if someone says they're retiring and they rip up the contract by mutual consent and then they go play for Genoa again?
0: I don't know. To be completely honest no? with you, but yeah. I don't think TFC holding him hostage anyways. If you want, no, to no
1: I mean, you generally. can and sue, it, it, you it, it, can always sue for breach not, of contract, not really, right? but the, like
0: t- technically,
2: it's mutual consent you have agreed to for whatever reason you decide, but it's under false order.
1: pretenses, right? I'm just one because if mean, the if mutual consent was based to, on your retirement, so, yeah.
0: But the thing is, Jeff, you don't have to mutually end someone's contract because they're retiring, they could retire. Right. Oh, for, mutual, for the, sure. For sure. Ending a contract by mutual consent
1: is its own island. I 100% exactly. agree with you. I'm just yeah. I'm wondering I'm uh, wondering just I don't you know, know. how TFC is going to be, treat that potentiality if the man says I'm be, retiring and then immediately goes to No, there will. I guess I, yeah, I guess at this it's point, just, just live bad. and it's let weeks off. live. Yeah, live and let live yeah. He's done. He's, he's going to be too. Okay. Thanks for a banger. I won't be too happy with him. That's all I have to say. I know he doesn't care, but I will not be too happy with him. Fair enough. But hey,
2: thanks thanks for a, Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for a banger against New England. Hey, how about that? Um, What a goal.
1: Oh my God, (laughs) Yeah. Stupid.
2: (laughs) So a couple of show announcements before we wrap up uh, today. One, we are moving to twice a week during uh, the world cup, or at least during Canada's run. Uh, So we will have another show this coming Thursday evening, probably around the same time, I would assume. Uh, So look Mm -hmm. out for that. that. And, yeah. And, uh, just also keep in mind, um, if you're watching on YouTube right now, great. Thank you for joining on the, that new means you found Toronto our new channel. <laughs> yes, YouTube channel, um, for those who have not, um, please go ahead. Just search Toronto till I die um on youtube find our new youtube channel go ahead subscribe smash that bell for notifications when shows are coming on um all our future shows afterwards so if you watch the show uh on video after the live show um you can find all the video there okay um just also a couple other things um uh, the tunnel club will be back uh so myself sean we will be doing tunnel club On Wednesday post game, uh, talking about Canada, Belgium. So look out for that on Twitter Spaces. Um, And gentlemen, uh, any last uh, remarks uh, before we
1: head out today? Enjoy.
0: Everybody, everybody
1: everybody put their hands in. One, two, three, brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I swear.
2: I swear. Like if there's a. All right, ready to do it now? Ready? There's going to be two.
1: Do it. Do it. Oh, are it. we really gonna do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ready? One, two, three,
0: brothers! Brothers.
1: You yeah. oh,
2: don't, don't have the sword. It doesn't count if you don't have the, you're not sticking the sword somewhere. Oh, yeah. Really quickly before we got
0: <laughs> the, uh, the-
2: <laughs> the last episode uh, of uh, of the Canada the, – the thing that should be on TV, the, documenting mm-hmm. Canada's run to the World Cup um, yeah. qualifying. Uh, this the hilarious footage of Atiba Hutchinson trying to stick that sword in the Tim Hortons' frozen Yeah, it's, it's, throw it's
1: great. It's great. Hilarious. Yeah. just yeah. like
2: – I'm just looking at uh, Atiba like, that ain't going to do it, man. Trust me. I'm Wait,
1: like, was that the last one? There. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was the last oh. one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm very disappointed. I, I watched it as if it was the second last one. I, I, oh, man. Oh, no, it's not the last
2: That's one. Funny. No, there's one more after this. There's one more. One. Oh, good, okay. okay. good. So the
1: most recent one. Okay, good, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. we're
2: going. From uh, for B. <laughs> from Michael, <laughs> Michael Singh, uh, Mike Newell, thanks for listening to Toronto Until I Die. We will see you on Thursday. Take it easy, everybody.
0: And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die. Yeah. <laughs>